Hi, you're listening to The Home Hour. This is the show where we talk about family, food, parenting, managing a home, and everything that goes on inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, mama five and creator of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of The Home Hour. Today I'll be talking about raising blended families with Jim Lynn of the Busy Dad blog. But first I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about some changes and big things happening um, at the Happiest Home blog and our brand new podcast network, which I know that I've touched on a few times on uh, previous episodes, but I haven't really talked a whole lot about. So Here we go. Okay, first of all, if you haven't been to thehappiesthome.com lately, please go check it out. We've done a huge um, overhaul of the way the content is now organized. It's easier to find older content, and we're actually making a point of every month I'm putting up a a new letter from the editor. So, you know, like, welcome to May. It is May now, um, where I talk a little bit about what's going on in my life and in my home, and then link to some great posts from the archives that you might have missed. We've got close to a thousand posts, I think, in the archives, and a lot of them are five or six years old and I just got the feeling that people weren't finding them. And honestly, some of my best writing is five or six years ago, um, especially stuff that's really relevant to people who have small children because at that point in my life, I had a newborn and a three-year-old and a kindergartner and you know a bunch of little kids in the house and my life has changed quite a bit in the interim. So I love to go back and read those old posts and share them with friends who maybe are a little bit earlier in their stage of family life than I am. Um, there's always it's always fun to to see those insights and and as I was figuring things out back then. Um, so definitely go to the Happiest Home and check it out. Um, check out the new format. Make sure you sign up for the email list. We're going to make a change because FeedBurner, which I used um, forever to send post, you know, if you wanted to subscribe to the feed or if you wanted to get posts in your email. Um, we did that all through FeedBurner, and we're actually going to change that because FeedBurner is really no longer being serviced by Google, and it's kind of acting up a little bit on their end, and I'm nervous about leaving everything up there. So we're just going to move all of those subscribers to a once-a-week newsletter where you'll be getting links to lots of different posts um, like once a week in your email. So if you want to hear about what's going on at The Happiest Home, um, you weren't already signed up to get the daily emails, but you definitely want to make sure you're kept in the loop about new things, go ahead and just go to thehappiesthome.com and sign up. It's right there in the sidebar. There's a place to sign up at the end of every single post. Um, really easy to do, and it's just an easy way to keep in touch. And, and I like to email people, and if there's ever special offers or I'm doing giveaways, I make sure that I reach out to the email list first. So definitely check that out. Second, I want to talk about the new network. I can't remember actually how much I've discussed it here on the show, um, but there is a brand new podcast network called Life Listened, and it is my umbrella for all the new shows that I'm currently putting out. So the first one being The Home Hour. This is my, I guess you could call it my flagship show, and this will continue to come out weekly. Um, I'm going to be having some regular guests coming on Um, that you've gotten to know over the last couple of years listening to The Home Hour, some of the people that I kept hearing from others that they really wanted to hear from again and again, like Kieran Pittman, who was just on a few weeks ago talking about ancestry and genealogy, Um, Karen Walrand, who's been coming on and talking about creativity and living more creatively at home, Jim Lynn, who is on for the very first time today, and he's bringing a dad's perspective to the show, as well as talking about blended family issues, working family issues, um, all those kinds of things. Uh, This is going to be a great interview, so definitely stick around for that. 
And I'm going to be having my sister on soon enough. Um, and we're going to be talking about books and movies and TV and media and fun stuff like that. So definitely just keep your keep your eyes on the show here and check out some of the new changes that we've got. And uh, if you're not already subscribed to the Home Hour via iTunes or Stitcher or one of those platforms, please go ahead and do that now. It helps us a lot because the more people that subscribe, the more people that find us. So um, it really helps us out if you subscribe. And it helps you because then it goes right to your, your app right away and you don't have to wait around for the post to show up or to think to check back in. Okay, so that's the first show. Then we've got now the Mom Hour. The Mom Hour is with Sarah Powers and I. You probably know Sarah. She's been on this show several times. If you read The Happiest Home, you know she's worked with me for the last couple of years as a managing editor and very frequent contributor and She's on the social media accounts with me and she's just all over the place. Um, so Sarah and I are now doing a mom, a motherhood related show, more more focused specifically on parenting issues and mom issues called The Mom Hour. We've got, we just put our third episode up yesterday. The show is great so far. We're really having a good time and loving it. So um, definitely check that out. If you want to find that show, you can go to themomhour.com and that will take you to all the episodes of The Mom Hour. We've also got the Style Hour with me and Shana Dragellis, who is the founder and creator of themomedit.com. Shana is a style blogger, obviously, and I'm sort of her sidekick who sometimes looks fashionable and sometimes is clueless. So we have a lot of fun. Um, we've just put one episode out so far and we have another one coming next week. But, you know, it talked a lot about um, butts, I believe, and how they look in bathing suits. And uh, it was just it's hilarious. We have a lot of fun talking and definitely check that out. So that one is at thestylehour.com. You can find all the episodes there and you can subscribe there as well. And the final show that's under the Life Listened Network umbrella is The Right at Home Moms with my friend Jessica Ashley and I. Jessica and I both have worked as freelance writers for years around babies and kids and um, all the interruptions and chaos and fun that they bring while working at home is a big challenge. So we talk about those issues. And that's a shorter show, just about 15 to 20 minutes each episode. So far, we've got two episodes up. We've talked about um, how to have healthier habits at home when you are working from home and maybe are forgetting to eat or not getting dressed in the morning or having a hard time squeezing an exercise, um, things like that. So that's definitely fun. And then we also talked about um, just what it's like to work with kids of every different stage and age at home. Jessica has a baby girl who's about seven months old and a 10-year-old son. And of course, I've got kids raging in age from six up to 17. So we're in very different stages of life as far as working from home. But um, we, we kind of spoke about all those different stages and what they're like. And it's a great show if you're thinking about launching a freelance writing career working for, or any kind of really working um, from home career because it we go into a lot of those, the logistics and how everything works. So please check that out. If you want to see all of the shows at once, go to lifelistened.com. That is the umbrella where all of those shows are kept um, under the fancy name of my podcast network, which I think is kind of funny, but it's just, it's really just me putting out a lot of shows, but I'm having so much fun podcasting. I was just at a conference last week um, where I was talking about podcasting to a group of writers who all had interest in it. And it's really exploding right now. So many people are interested in listening to podcasts and maybe even creating their own. Um, and so it's a really exciting time right now. And I'm loving kind of finding people in this medium and reaching out and, and getting in touch. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can send a, uh, an email to hello at thehomehour.com 
Or you can just go to thehomehour.com, find a post and leave a comment. I love hearing from people. It really helps. If you want to leave a rating or a review on this show or any of the other shows that you listen to, um, we have instructions for how to do that right on the Life Listened site, but it's usually pretty easy. If you're listening on iTunes, you just go to the show's page on iTunes and you can just leave a quick rating, review. Helps us to know if we're doing what you, if you're, if we're talking about what you want to hear and tells iTunes that you like the show and that helps us a whole lot in the rankings and helps get us in front of more people, which I really appreciate. So shifting topics really quick. um, Today's guest, who is going to be coming on as a regular guest, Jim Lynn of Busy Dad Blog, is coming on to talk about blended families. I grew up in a blended family. Um, I have, you know, three older siblings, but I also have a younger step sibling and had another set of step siblings um, at one point. There were there were two of them. So I've I've had quite a few different family experiences and in those days, it wasn't as common. Today, it's so common that it's almost, you know, it's just so it's just so normal to see families that are related to each other in a variety of different ways. But um, Jim has some great insights about just logistically how to make it work with your space, how to kind of balance that parenting role when you're not someone's parent, but you are a role model or a parenting figure in the house and kind of how to how to navigate all that and other and other stuff that we talked about today includes um, the work life balance issue. He has a, a long commute. And we talked about why those that trade off is worth it to him and what it gives him back um, as far as time with his family and quiet time in the weekends. And we also talk a little bit about multitasking and the use of technology and how that can, you know, can be a problem, but it can also help us to manage all these different things that we have going on as parents and sometimes as working parents. So check, stick around and hear from Jim Lynn. So excited to welcome today's guest, Jim Lynn, who is known online and um, about social media as Busy Dad. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm good, Megan. How are you? I'm great today. So Jim, who blogs at Busy Dad Blog and is also just in, I don't know, we've been running in the same circles, I feel like, for many years. I think so. Yes, that's accurate. Yeah, but just met maybe three or four years ago at a conference and then have run into each other again at multiple conferences. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jim and I, we're going to talk today about blended families. uh, Jim is currently living in a blended family and I grew up in a several different incarnations of blended families. And I know it's definitely a hot topic that a lot of parents um, are interested in today because a lot of people are, you know, have these unique family makeups. So I wanted to ask you first, Jim, just to talk about your current family makeup and how that's kind of, I don't know, has it been like a year since you've, since your two families blended? I think it's been more than a year. I think it was 2013 summer. Holy cow. Yeah. Time on the internet doesn't run the same speed as time in real life. So, okay, wow. So talk about your kids and and your partner's kids and how that all works and just give me the whole spiel. So I have two kids um, and they live uh, half the time with me, half the time with their mom, um, who is about 30 to 40 minutes away. And man, I want to talk about the driving alone later. But um, I also live with Shannon. And she is familiar to both of us. Yes, yeah, well. a blogging pal from yes. the way back times. Yeah. And she has brought to the mix three kids. So between the two of us in one house, we have an entire blogging fodder spectrum of kids, if you will, <laughs> ranging from preschool to recently getting his driver's license. Yeah, wow. So from 
4 to 17. Wow. Okay. So we're going to really get into this because I think, you know, we all have this Brady Bunch idea of what it's like to have, you know, and most of us know that that's not how it is because a lot of us either grew up in blended families or we're currently have one. Um, but still, I think sometimes like the logistics, like going from, you know, I have five kids and I know how that is and they're all biologically from one set of parents, how difficult it can be sometimes to juggle things like privacy, uh, shared space, shared objects, toys, food. I mean, all those things. It must be so much more challenging when you're bringing together two different families. Absolutely. I mean, um, speaking about my son in particular, um, Shannon and I like sometimes sit there and go, man, he's adjusting really well because he was because he's eight years older than his sister, he essentially grew up as a as an only child. Right. Right. Um, and now, not only is the mix a lot different, he's smack dab in the middle. <laughs> so yeah. he went from only child, oldest child, to <clears throat> middle of the of the pack. Um, and, and that was something that I personally uh, kind of braced for that adjustment. Um, but he's done surprisingly well, and a big part of that is because, in general, I think we all we all get along, which I know is oh, that's nice. rare. And, and we had no illusions that that would happen. Like we we really braced for a lot of adjustment time. But um, you know, like you said, sh- you have a lot of shared things. But the flip side is, if you have shared interests, that helps a lot. And um, he shares a lot of interests with uh, Shannon's two boys. Um, so it's not like opposites coming together. It's really a lot of, um, very similar interests, um, you know, stages in life, et cetera, mm-hmm. coming together. And we're lucky in that the three oldest are the boys and the two youngest are the girls. Um, so there's a little bit of co- cohesion there, mm-hmm. uh, as far as kind of, um, just adjusting to peer life. That raises an interesting point, and that must be personality types and the difference there. So I grew up in a family where I was the youngest of four, and then pretty much all of my siblings were out of the house, you know, really early. Some of them moved in with my dad when my parents split up, and also I just don't really remember my older siblings being around. They were so much older than me. My sister's 10 years older. My brother's eight years older. He went off to, a like, a boarding school. Um and so in a lot of ways, I kind of was like the youngest, but also an only. So then later when I had step siblings, I, I really kind of liked it because I felt kind of like a lonely kid when I was more like that only. And then having siblings that were closer, you know, step siblings who were closer in age to me or even younger than me that I could boss around. I have to say, I, I'm not sure that I was good at it all the time. I also was kind of the baby. I had the baby of the family mentality, which is, you know, the world revolves around me and Right. Why don't I get my way all the time? And these things are all for me. Um, but I, I, there were some things I really liked about it, about having a bi- an even bigger family. So some of it has to be, if, if a kid's just easygoing to begin with, maybe that adjustment's not going to be as big of a deal. But if they're kind of more set in their ways or more independent or just need more quiet time and space, I can see that can yeah. be a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. I mean, um, Shannon's, Shannon's, can you hear me? I got my headphones on. Is this yeah, better? You sound great. You sound great. Great. So um, I know Sh- Shannon's youngest, um, her daughter, has really liked the fact that she's no longer the youngest and she likes um, kind of having that responsibility mm-hmm. to take care of my daughter, who's four years younger than she is. So there's a significant difference. So she feels like really big sisterly on a lot of things, showing her cool things that she likes and you know, my daughter being just at that age where she's interested in the stuff that that her oldest is or her youngest is, is interested in. Um, 
that's kind of a neat dynamic to see. Yeah. So when you, now you said you have a preschooler in the house now. So two years ago when this, you know, almost two years ago when this all started, the preschool would have been like a crazy toddler, right? <laughs> I mean, would yeah, have, she's yeah. still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have been very much in that phase where she's getting into everything. Yeah. And just a completely, so. <laughs> she, <laughs> just a funny thing. She has, she's always had this uh, squirrel mentality where she oh, finds God. something cool and she has this tent. Uh-huh. In, in our house, this kind of play tent, and whenever something goes missing, you can find it in the tent. Oh, that's so and funny. She, she's been doing it ever since she was three. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, we found everything from, like, cell phones to toys. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I found my – actually, I have found my fishing equipment in there. Like, just everything that you don't tie down goes into the tent. That's hilarious. So that's the toddler side of, of her. That's that's kind that's of still, still kind of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But and, and I can see how that would maybe be a challenge. Now, Shannon's kids are – the older kids, right? So yours are younger and yeah. Shannon's are older. Yeah. So they're basically now all of a sudden having this cute, but maybe sometimes a little bit obnoxious mm-hmm. little, you know, sibling person in the house uh-huh. who they have uh-huh. to deal with. I, I can just see that being like, oh, you know, and depending on their personalities, having some of them think, oh, she's so cute. And the other like, oh my God. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's all of the above at all times. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you bring it, it's, it brings up an interesting point, the tent. And that is, I'm thinking about space. I mean, you live... In a very expensive area of the country, uh, mm-hmm. you're in the Bay Area, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we I'm... live, but we we actually live um, about 60 miles east of it, where it's a lot more affordable and okay. we have a lot more space. So we actually have space is not as much a problem as you'd think. Uh, yes, if we lived in San Francisco proper, we'd like all share on one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, you've had to make concessions in other ways, in that you have a long commute. Yes. And things like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's yeah. talk about how do you do that? How do you do a two hour commute and have you just, you just can't think of it. You just can't think about it because the moment you think about it and your rational mind starts coming in and saying, man, Jim, four hours out of your day is spent on a crowded train or in traffic in a car that's not moving. Right. And that is, that is my reality four hours a day. And if you break it down like that, then you kind of go crazy. So the strategy is don't think about it. Just accept that as a piece of your life you can't change. Yeah. You know, and when I when I am home and on weekends, I, I do, you know, it's it's all worth it because we have enough space to roam. We have a yard for people, to, you know, the kids to play in. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice quiet town. It's not hustle and bustle. I'm literally 10 to 15 minutes from the best fishing spots around and yeah. fishing keeps me sane. So I have access to things that keep me sane and happy. And uh, everyone here, when they're here, um, everyone's happy because there's space and to play and there's neighborhood kids and there's just a lot to do from a family perspective around here. I mean, we live in a town that was just all farms until like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So there's orchards all around and it's just, there's a lot of nature around here, even though we're in the Bay Area, quote unquote. Yeah. So... So then, and you must love your job. Yes, I do love my job. And that's the other thing. If you don't love your job, there's no way you can travel four hours right. a day to get doing to it. it. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair to my job, they're, they, they, they're very, uh, very understanding in terms of uh, me being able to kind of set my work pace and my hours. Like if there are times when I just, when I don't have a meeting at work, I will just, like right now, um, I'm working from home. Yeah, but nice. they know I get my stuff done and I'll get it done no matter what time it is. So right. I have a lot of freedoms and flexibility and that that that's the one factor that makes us all workable, right? I know that yeah. um, 
when I don't absolutely have to go in for an in-person meeting, I don't have to feel bad about working from home. And that helps uh, on the mental, emotional side a lot. Do you feel like that's becoming, I've been outside of corporate America for, well, almost my entire adult life, but I mean, it's been so long since I've worked a quote, real job, (laughs) (laughs) unquote. I'm wondering if that's really becoming more and more the norm where there is that flexibility and that freedom allowed, because it feels like you would just, you would be getting so much more quality people. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, in the big picture, you're getting happier people, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I think, I think this is the generation where work-home balance uh, is the most relevant. I right. think in the generation before us, it was either or. Right. And now the quality of life is really measured by a lot of intangibles, and one of them being kind of balance in your life between things that make you happy and things you have to do, things you have to do to make money, things you have to do to keep sane, and uh, I think I think society is starting to recognize that that balance uh, is the most important thing. So a workplace that allows you to have that flexibility allows you to more easily balance these things. And in the long run, it makes you happier. And if you're happier, then you're willing to put in more for whoever you work for, yeah, right? There's there's is. an emotional attachment to work. And loyalty and, and all that. Exactly. Loyalty, yeah. advocacy. Like people who know me on social media knows I just love the hell out of my company, right? I love right. working oh, where yeah. I am. I'm happy. And it shows. Plug. And think, he works at Ketchum. It's a PR agency. Uh, okay, let's plug it. <laughs> Ketchum PR. Yep. My people come a call. They're fantastic. Nice. I've worked with them several times and they're great. So <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So yeah, Ketchum is really good to me. They give me the freedom to, to do what I need to do. And the trade-off is they know that if something needs to be done, I will get it done. You know, even yeah. if it's, you know, midnight, one AM, which I've done often. Well, and let's talk about that for a minute because I feel like that has become well, – and that and I want to talk about the, the fatherhood thing, but I'll get back mm-hmm. to that in a second. Um, I feel like it's become almost this stigma about working late or working early or having your phone out. I mean, I know that you're in a very different area of the country than I am, but it's become the most like, stereotype that we're not tuned in and we burn the candle at both ends and we have our phones out at the park. And my sort of approach is, you know, that's what allows me to do what I do. The fact yeah. that I can stay up late if I need to allows me to be at the park at two in the afternoon sometimes or, or be there to pick up the kids after school or whatever it is that I'm doing. And I feel like that's a part that really gets overlooked sometimes when we all mm-hmm. get judgy about yep. each yep. other's media, you know, um, internet use and technology use yeah. and the hours that's, we keep. That is such a good point. It's such a good point that if you didn't have your phone, then you couldn't go to the park at all because you're waiting for an important call or an email. Right. Right. Then you just have to stay home and your kid would have to watch TV as you right. sat by the phone and waited for Or I'd for be it. in an office from eight to five every day. Exactly. And, you know, so right. or eight to six or whatever it was. So it's, it's, yes, it can be a dangerous thing, but it's given us that freedom. Yeah. And it's yeah. learning how to use it. That's right. Right. It's, yeah. it's basically using the tools that you have and not abusing them. Right. Like right. we're reasonable people. I'm not going to take my kid to the park and totally ignore them to do work. Right. right. But at the same time, if there's an important email or call that comes in, I'm going to excuse myself for a minute and I'm going to take that call or write someone back because that's going to move things along. And my and the other part of my life. And I think it's all about moving things along. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, Keeping yeah. it moving, not having to put one thing down while the other. And I know there's studies that saying, you know, multitasking is actually not as efficient. I don't know. I think it, it's it's different for all people. I think if you can handle the tools that you're given and you have a very good kind of big picture sense of what needs to be done, yeah. then you're going to get it done. I think you're so right. It's funny. I And I've read those same studies as well. I kind of feel like it comes down to personality a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much a multitasking personality. And while sometimes there are certain things that I really need to just focus, sometimes I've, I was laughing at myself today because I was working on something and literally like right in the middle of writing this paragraph, I wasn't really getting anywhere. The 
you know, the, you know how it is when you're writing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just not coming. Yep. I thought, oh, I need to pay my insurance bill. <laughs> and I just immediately opened a browser window and did it. But I thought, right then, I needed a break from what I was doing. It wasn't happening anyway. I really did need to pay my insurance bill because it was almost due. Right. Um, it was just all these different things that came together. And my brain was like, do it. Okay, did it. Right. Now I'm back. And it it was seamless. And I got so much more, I get so much more done in days when I just allow myself to be a little monkey brain like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just kind of tired of apologizing for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Like, I, I've done okay so far, you know? And yeah, I think if, exactly. if, if, I, if this would have messed me up, I'm 43 <laughs> this year. It would have messed up already, or it's too right. late. I'm just a basket case. Right. It's Either not way, get it's better. too late. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing right yeah. now because it's working. So let's talk about, you talked about work-life balance being our generation's uh, sort of battle cry. And I think that's totally true. I think this is a generation that's defining it for the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I feel like I want to tell my kids, like, you don't even get how lucky you are in some ways to have mm -hmm. this model around you for how work and life can combine. Mm -hmm. Because just one generation ago, it was completely different. You know, yeah. dads and and some, and often moms, but not always, um, you know, stereotypically worked long hours. You didn't always see them. Right. At, at the at different events and things like that. And, and they weren't always around at lunch. And so stuff like that, I just think the kids just are, I don't think they get it really yet, but hopefully they yeah. will. But yeah, exactly. I, I did want to ask if you think that that's something that took longer for dads to embrace. Like if dads felt like they had to have a different image about the way they were, that the way they relate to their work than moms. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, last June, uh, I think it was last June, I was on the Today Show and the guest that was on with me was this um, kind of family therapist, and he said a statistic that really surprised me. And I forgot what exactly it was, but the gist of it was uh, men will more readily lie and say they have like a doctor's appointment or something like that oh, rather than yeah. tell their employer that they can't go to work that day or they're going to be late because they have like a kid's recital or parent's day or something, you know? So. Yeah. Yes, it, it, you know, there, that indicates that dads are taking a more active role in parenting, but that also says society's not yet ready or dads think societies are not that ready yet to accept that a, a dad will like put down his work for a second to do something family related, right? So there's that kind of struggle and conflict right there. Like they recognize they got to do it, but they still don't want to be too open about it because it'll, it'll hurt their chances at work or people will question their dedication to their job. And um, that's a sad statistic, but uh, it's very believable. Yeah. Did you happen, I saw something come across my Facebook yesterday. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet, but it was something about how men get away with saying they work like 80 hour weeks, but actually they're not. Did you happen to see that? <laughs> no, I'll have to link to it because I have a feeling it's that kind of thing. Like they're telling a certain, they want to give off a certain image because they want to look loyal to their company and they want to look efficient, yeah. you know, effective and mm -hmm. productive. And, but but also, there comes a point at which you can only be so productive. I mean, you can only hit your head against the wall <laughs> right, for right. so long and still, you know, I mean, that's a terrible, te terrible <laughs> metaphor. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you can only just keep pushing for so long before you just aren't getting anything out of it anymore. Right. It's that diminishing returns thing. Exactly. And, and, I, and I did read another study. I'm sorry about my vague studies. No, it's okay. <laughs> but I did read another study saying something like after 60 hours or something, like, the hours that you spend over 60 in a week for, for work are just pretty much useless. Yeah, I believe you know, it. There's just this human limit of what you can do per day. 
Um, and it makes, it makes a lot of sense to me. There's only so many wheels you can spin before you realize you're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's fascinating. We should get into definitely delve into that, um, more in a future episode, because I'm hoping that Jim is going to come on and be like my, my dad, you know, regular dad guest. I haven't really had a lot of dads on this show. And, um, I think this just brings another perspective to what it is to have a happy family and a happy home. Mm -hmm. So let's return to that topic really quick and talk a little bit about, your home life now that you have all these all these kids, and it sounds like you've got kids that really get along, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But there's still that that little bit of a push pull when you're blending families and trying to figure out, ooh, so when it comes like when I'm in charge, and you've got teen kids in the house yeah. that you're helping to parent, but you're not their dad. So that's so tricky. It, it, so it is to- very <laughs> tricky. And it actually I, I've kind of seen this kind of happen with me. There I have certain dynamics with Shannon's two boys that are different. Like, it's not like I apply the same dynamic to both of them. Mm, mm-hmm. One of them's a little bit older, but like I can very easily, um, like if, if the younger boy, the 15 year old, right. If he's not being in line or he's not waking up and it's the fifth time I've gone in there, yeah. I can easily like smack him on the head. Like, right. Hey, get up. You're supposed to go to school. Right. This is the fifth time I've walked in here. That kind of thing. With the older kid, I don't do that as much. I see him because I, I got to know him when he was already older. Yeah. I, I see him and treat him more like a peer. And it's very hard, much harder for me to go in and do that, knock you on the head and say, hey, this is the fifth time I walked in here. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really tricky navigating that dynamic of, you know, hey, I am the responsible guy here, but I'm not your dad. Right. Right. But there are certain rules and things that we need to follow to, to kind of run this household um, and to keep it running smoothly and to not make me go crazy. And it's discipline is really tough. And I think both of us, Shannon and I, um, that's the, the part where it's not I wouldn't call it a walking on eggshells, but we think a lot more before we do. Right. Because yeah. we haven't grown up with these other kids. And uh, even though we align um, pretty much we align on a lot of things about discipline. So there's, there's not that kind of, I come in from this angle and she comes at it from this, that angle. We pretty much are aligned, but when that's executed on a day-to-day micro level, it's not as easy as it sounds, even if we are completely aligned on what should be done. Yeah. Well, I I remember, you know, my, I think that my dad and my stepmom, um, I had, my dad remarried twice actually, but one of my stepmoms was definitely, is still, was still married to my dad till he died. So she was a big part of my life since I was 11 years old. Um, but I do definitely remember getting the sense that they agreed on stuff like behind closed doors, but then it was his job <laughs> to sort mm-hmm. of implement, I guess. Uh-huh, right, because, right. you know, you know how it is, even when it's the two parents, um, the two biological parents of a child or, you know, the two parent parents of the kid who they'll figure out any way they can to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Kids are smart. And if they sense any division in the ranks... They're going right. to go for it. You know, they, they, and if it's, if it's a parent and, you know, a co-parent who's not their, their own parent, it's totally like that much more, <laughs> you're that much more vulnerable to them being like, oh, okay, you know? Right, right. So, exactly. And they don't want to And kids can sense this stuff so yes. well. It's innate. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they have little, they have like little radar. Right, right. They're little it. lawyers. Kids are little lawyers. They get off on every technicality possible. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I, but I, I do think it's so true about, you know, my, when my stepmom 
um, came into our lives, my sister was quite a bit older. And so they've always related as adults. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she and I had much more of a sort of, I guess, mother-daughter relationship, but with, yeah. with a big step back, like a... You know, it was like a if you, if like a mom and daughter, but she took like two big <laughs> giant steps uh-huh, back from it. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. now we're good friends and it's it's great. Um, but right. it was tough when I was a teenager, especially being a teen girl. I have to say living with another woman isn't easy, even when it's your mom and when it's not your mom. <laughs> that's right. just just for the future. <laughs> <laughs> just so I know. Okay, thank just you. so you know, the future. well, I should be having this conversation with Shannon probably. But um, yeah, right. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's funny how there's always those stereotypes in pop culture about you know, dads and stepdads or um, the sort of like, you're not my dad. And they're like, let's go out right. and, you know, fish saw oh, and everything's better. Yeah. And then closing credits. And we just know that's yeah. not how. Yeah. And that that's really tough. One of the things that I was really careful of was not to replace their dad mm-hmm. or not to make them think I was trying to, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Right. So it's like that distance that I tried to keep, but stay, keep it friendly. So it wasn't like I was distant, but I didn't want to make it too close to make them think that I was trying to take their dad's place. Man, when you start thinking in those circles, it just, it get, it drives you crazy. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what's the right amount of, let's say, you know, the, the boys have, have aligned to different hobbies that I had, for example. Right. And so we have that, we have that dynamic. And at the same time, I'm really cognizant of my kid as well. Yeah. Not making him feel like, oh, now he's trying to buddy buddy with these other kids so in my life, and, yeah. and and so that 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 dance is a very difficult one. And honestly, I think the most difficult part of the dance is in my own head. Yeah, right. I, I think the kids just have just taken to it, and naturally everything's kind of fallen into place. But naturally, we are our our, our worst critics. So I, I sit there and second guess everything I do. Right? Uh, am I neglecting my kid too much? Am I making the other kids feel like I'm trying to replace their dad. Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And that's, again, just like the two-hour commute, you can't really think about it all the time or else it drives you crazy. Yeah, and I, and I think that to that point, you know, in general, kids can sense intent and the big picture um, mm-hmm. is really what matters. It's like all these little details we agonize about, whether it's our own, you know, little infant baby or a teenage right. son, you know, boy that we're just suddenly in this position of having to be a role model to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we can... I don't want to say get away with a lot more than we think, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think every little decision we make isn't always as huge as we blow it up. Right, right. We're not being scrutinized every single second. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, we I know you, it. speaking of um, speaking of busy schedules, mm-hmm. I know you have a meeting coming up in just a few minutes. So we need to wrap this up. But mm-hmm. I did definitely want to ask if you had like a tip to share or any closing thoughts that you wanted to share about just sort of how to balance all this for people who are maybe blending a family or facing this yeah. in the future. I think I think really it's it's uh you know it's it's never going to be perfect and and just have fun with it. Like there are good moments and just focus on those good moments because the moments that you do have struggle, I think everyone in a blended family does realize we're all in the same boat, we're all in it together and the more everyone struggles, the less happy everyone will be. Yeah. Right? So just kind of accept accept the rocky road and just have fun with it. Um and don't let anything really just get in the way of, of the big picture. And I always go back to the big picture because the big picture is what you really need to, to stay on in order to, to be happy long term, right? And uh, just like I don't like to get bogged up in the details in my own head and sometimes I just say don't, don't even think about it. Um, instinct really takes over sometimes when you're, when you're forced together with a bunch of people. Like it, it that's, applies to work. It applies to family. It applies to your, your block or your mm-hmm. city even. And um, 
I'm just one of those people that that kind of goes with the flow. And I know it's really hard for some people, but that has worked best for me. Just go with the flow. Go with the flow. Let things happen. Yeah, and no matter happen. what kind of family you're in, there's going to be bumps along the road. So embrace <laughs> them as you can. Bye. Thanks have so much, Jim. And right. everyone check Jim out at busydadblog.com. And we'll have you on again soon, I hope. Oh, you will. Okay, great. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Home Hour on the Life Listened Network. If you want to hear more episodes of The Home Hour, go ahead and go to thehomehour.com and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit our Lifestyle Podcast Network to find more shows about motherhood, style, work, and more. That's at lifelistened.com. Thanks a lot.